Welcome. Glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. Man, we got the, the studio is full. Uh, the Scottsters with a Scott Van Kirk. He is a uh, Second Amendment supporter, for former law enforcement, firearms trainer. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to come up with uh, somewhere in north of $3,000 to buy the vast majority of the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my layaway program. American Express, buddy. Don't leave home without it. Uh, then, of course, uh, we've got Larry Wayland in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary. Betcha. Good morning. And then uh, we brought in Bellboy. Yeah. Bellboy's glad to be here. Belt boy. All right. Uh, the superbelt.com. And uh, by the way, I got to I gotta send, uh, give you back the, my belt because I think it needs to be shortened a little bit. Uh, but boy, it is really indestructible. Listen, uh, coming up, uh, we are going to talk about uh, hiking handguns and hiking holsters. And uh, I know that uh, Larry does a lot of the. I don't. My idea of a vacation is uh, the Hilton. Yeah, uh, your idea of a vacation is uh, not around people. <laughs> yeah, get me outside, <laughs> please. So you would have a little experience in this, but uh, Randy Tulane has a list of the seven best hiking handguns and holsters of 2023, and you may want to add to it. You may even want to suggest uh, some might not quite fit the bill. Uh, but I want to start off, Larry, uh, talking about uh, the federal government and uh, BATF. Because if you don't dot your I's and cross your T's, if you make the smallest mistake under the Biden administration, they're trying to close everybody down. You make it, you just... Just make the tiniest little screw up, and they're at your door. Yeah, Is that so, right? Yeah, ATF has um, been weaponized against federal firearms licensees. Um, the Department of Justice has directed them to basically re revoke anybody you can. Uh, so it, issues that used to be minor clerical errors on a on a form um, are now revocable offenses. Revocations are up over five hundred percent. Um, so yeah, the, the, um, the industry inspectors that used to really kind of serve a, an educational role, you know, wanting people to adopt best practices and, and become more proficient have, have really been weaponized against the, the dealers to, um, revoke as many licenses as possible is certainly what it seems like from, from our side of the fence. You know, you would think that they themselves then would be at least... As careful as you, as they're making, uh, you know, as they're forcing. No, no, you no. If if they make a mistake, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Or or if you if you seek their advice and guidance on something, they can't be held to it. it it's yeah. it's huh. invalid. I mean, there there's no there's no value in asking ATF for a clarification or for an interpretation on something because whatever they tell you, they can change their mind after they've spoken and hold you accountable for for following the rules as they explain them to you. Well. An example of that, uh, Matt Getz uh, had a, a little conversation with the Inspector General for uh, BATFE, and uh, here's how this went. Well, we think this is how it went. Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Let's start at the beginning. How many guns has the ATF lost? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I understand the question. Um, uh, is it a difficult question to understand? Uh, well, <laughs> I... Are, I don't know if you're referring to 
any particular incident or time. How many period. instances should we be looking at where you've lost guns? Um, so if, if what you're referring to is what happened at the National Destruction Branch, no guns were lost. They were stolen by an individual who's now in prison. Right. Uh, who was right. not an but, ATF employee. But there were recommendations made on what you should do so that you don't become the victim of the theft and the inspector general saying you're not following them. I'm quoting directly from the inspector general's report. Thousands of firearms, firearms, parts and ammunition had been stolen from the ATF. So you gave testimony that the brave ATF agents are the ones showing up at two in the morning after a burglary. But it seems as though in this case you were the one burglarized. Why have you not followed the recommendations of the of the Office of Inspector General so that you aren't the mark? Um, again, uh, it is. It, I, I want to say that it is a brave women of of a, men and women of ATF who do do this. That's not. Uh, a, well, I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. They're getting day. robbed on one hand, so you can't keep a hold of the guns you're supposed to have. But then. You do keep a hold of a bunch of stuff you're not supposed to have a hold of. We the GAO report, firearms data, ATF did not always comply with the Appropriations Act restriction and should better adhere to its policies. As a result of breaking the law, didn't you guys have to go and delete like a quarter of a million records that you illegally kept? Uh, again, uh, with respect to both the Inspector General reports that you're talking nope, about. Nope, one's Inspector General, we, one's GAO. Well, Very the, GA, the, the, yep. the, the, the Inspector General report uh, ATF that happened uh, several years ago, more than that. 2022. And ATF, and ATF the has, the, the report, report came out, but the theft, and yeah. ATF has implemented uh, numerous different safety measures with respect to the national uh, destructive branch. Well, I mean, he, I'm, I'm reading to you from the report from last year, Mr. Director. We found that the NDB staff does not currently, currently in 2022, adhere to established operating procedures in place to mitigate risk of firearms being lost and stolen. So I guess I, th that shows an ATF that is not functioning correctly and is not responding to the problems you create. You keep records you're not supposed to. It was a quarter million of them you had to delete, right? Um, I, I don't believe that that is... Uh, was it over 200,000 right. that you had to uh, delete? So what, what, what was happening was... I just want to know the number of records you had to delete that were not being lawfully, lawfully maintained. There were there were records that were had not actually been searched, but my understanding of is were searchable. Of them. And so that's what you guys do. You keep what you shouldn't keep. You lose what you're not supposed to lose. But how do you treat regular Americans? I got this letter from someone in my district, uh, a firearms dealer. I have been a firearms dealer for 46 years. For 46 years, I've had a good relationship with law enforcement. Then came the ATF's zero tolerance policy. Two years ago, while in the process of selling a firearm to a customer, I completed their background check using Florida's FDLE firearm purchasing program. The background check was uneventful, and FDLE rendered an approval number. Some months later, during an ATF audit, I was told the background check was now a non-approval. Even though FDLE made the error, it was on my paperwork, so ATF deemed it a willful error. After completing close to 50,000 background checks over 46 years, why would I willfully ignore this background check? The answer is simple. I did not. But the ATF has revoked my license, ended my career, and my livelihood. So I guess the question is, why should you be able to destroy the life of one of my constituents over a technicality where they weren't even at fault when you all lose thousands of guns and illegally keep hundreds of thousands of records? Respectfully, uh, with res 
Congress has, has given us uh, the authority to inspect and make sure that firearms dealers, the vast majority by the which are compliant, they are our first line of defense um, in, in dealing with uh, straw purchases. This guy isn't your first line of defense anymore. He's fired. But a very small uh, minority, those dealers, uh, after due process, uh, have a been small minority, a small minority, ATF, enforcer of gun laws, lost thousands of firearm parts thieves. New data shows ATF gun store restrictions at the highest rate in 16 years. Mr. Director, the definition of hypocrisy is when you can't live up to your own standard. So you have imposed a zero tolerance policy that is resulting in the highest rate of revocations in 16 years and you wouldn't be able to meet your own zero tolerance policy because you lose stuff you're supposed to keep and then you keep stuff that it's illegal to keep. Uh, and by the way, I am one of those MAGA Republicans that would defund your salary, your agency, and I, don't, I, and I think all these good things that you say exist could happen with those folks at the local and state level and this is a, is a terrible abuse of power. How many guns? Wow, uh, Dettelbach uh, seemed... Uh, just a little in the woods. <laughs> At least it did to me, Larry. Well, it was it was a harsh argument in a in a in a House committee meeting. But what does that do to help us as citizens? Help us as dealers? Yes, it, it lets you know that one representative is asked some very telling questions, and that the NFA, you know, the ATF guys, just going to obfuscate and go. Oh, I don't know, really understand what your question is, and mm-hmm. you know, no, it's okay, and we we follow the rules, and yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. He's still got There's no accountability. Yeah. There's yeah. no accountability for things that are going on that are outside constitutional powers, and and until we can hold bureaucrats accountable for their overreach, until courts will, um, we're really under the thumb of a tyrannical government. He fa- well, and ATF, the ATF director failed to use my pat um, congressional question answer, which is, I acknowledge that mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but he won't even do that. He won't even acknowledge that mistakes were made. Yeah. 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 It's just they're holding you to a standard that is, you know, <clears throat> calls for absolute perfection. Uh, and they have the power to destroy your livelihood. You've been working in the firearms industry for decades uh, because you're very old. And <laughs> I, I, think, I think you started selling flintlocks. When I, you were. I was going to say Larry's been in there for decades because he started at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet they, they don't follow recommendations, lose firearms, uh, keep data they're not supposed to keep, it it really uh, it really uh, it kind of it, it's just frustrating that they get away with this. Uh, if you want to call in eight hundred five two nine five five seven two, that gets you into the studios. And uh, Tom has done just that. Let's get him on board. Uh, Tom, well, let me do this. Brian, how much time do I have? You're fine. I'm fine. Tom, good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Um, something the ATF director s- said was. Congress gave us the authority to set our own rules. And it's maybe off in the weeds just a little bit from the subject, but um, I believe in write the bills. Yes. Yeah. Congress should write the laws. I think that's written in our Constitution. (laughs) And instead of appointing unelected bureaucrats to create new regulations that have the effect of law, um, well, it's the tyranny of the administrative state. It is. It's the tyranny. It's, everybody, it's the overreach of our government. 
And when they and when they do step into a field where they don't constitutionally belong, then there's no accountability. Well, yeah, and everybody is subject to the vicissitudes of the administration. If it's a Democrat in the White House, it gets tougher. If it's a Republican, perhaps it doesn't. Uh, it, and we've seen this with the oil industry. We've seen it in the firearms industry. Uh, it all depends on who's there in in uh, in the White House, and it shouldn't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. We went through the first two years of Trump. When he was president for four years, that was he had both the Senate and the House. We could, could have, have really could have easily done something about defunded it. Defunded ATF. But yeah, that could have happened. But you didn't see anything <clears throat> happen. Now the, the 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 conservatives will pander to the gun vote yep. uh, every every election cycle, and then when they have the ability to do something legislatively, where they have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. They choose to really, yeah. They have some meetings, yeah. Um, well, send some letters, and, but they don't. They don't hold ATF accountable. And I and I I tout out this example all the time because I will get people who because I'm an independent. I will get people on the right side who are like, well, you know, pro gun Republicans and everything else like that. Name me the last pro gun bill that passed Congress and was signed by a president. And boy, and we've had some good ones that were. Yeah, and you know, trying. you know which one? You know what one was? To the best of my knowledge, President Obama <laughs> signed a law that had a rider on it because he had to have this law passed that had a Republican rider on it that allowed you to conceal carry in federal parks if you were legal to carry in the state in which the park exists. That was the last pro-gun bill <laughs> that I know passed at the All federal right. level. All right, well, hang on, because we're <laughs> up against the clock. Uh, then we'll uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll kick this around for a few more minutes. We'll get around to talking about the seven best hiking handguns and holsters of 2023. I'm Gary on Gun. Hey, good morning. Glad to have you with us. Glad glad to be with you. Uh, Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And uh, coming along behind him is Scott Van Kirk. Uh, he is a great firearms trainer. Uh, are you... You're not taking any more clients now, are you, or are you? Uh, clients, as in for for money? No, <laughs> I pick I pick up a person here and there that needs some help, um, and we'll work with them. But I do that just mainly to propagate the community. Can you help the belt boy? Oh yeah, the, well there's there's plenty of belt uh, boy is beyond help. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let, I'll put it to you this way: given where he's at, there's a lot of potential for growth. <laughs> Oh, you get the most improved trophy, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scott's uh, favorite phrase for me is, he's doing the best he can. <laughs> that's usually followed by, bless his heart. Yes. Exactly. That's, bless that's his my heart. motto. Yeah. <laughs> Thesuperbelt.com. I have, uh, I, I really, really can't tell you how much I like the, the, uh, the Superbelt. I've got one for my suit. It's a little narrower, and it's good for dress. Uh, and I've got one for uh, regular carry. It never curls. It never shreds. It never stretches. It's and it feels like and looks like leather. And you've got them not just you got them in brown too, don't you? Yes, sir. Black brown. and brown. And brown. we actually Monday was the ninth anniversary of the Super Belt when we first launched the company. That's nine awesome. years. Nine years. So my belt is nine years old. That goes pretty quick. Didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as we all know, if if you don't mind Larry having his hands all over you, absolutely, you can uh, go over to. Uh, <laughs> 
stuck. Modern Arms at the rail station, station location. location. Yeah. I d- and get your inseam yeah. measured. I, 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 I ask every time what my inseam has to do with the size of my belt. And I'm yet to get a satisfactory answer. I'm, I'm so grateful he hasn't thrown my product out of the store yet. Just because of these jokes. I keep waiting for Ellis. I can't take him anymore. We, we don't no, actually no, have to do enjoying, an inseam measurement. No, no, no. He's enjoying no, it too much. <laughs> You walk in, he's got that tailor's tape hanging around. Like, oh, can I measure your fur belt? (laughs) And if you go into Modern Arms at the Brown Station location, you will also get a ten percent off coupon. Yahoo! Save you some money on your super belt. That's right. Can't go wrong with a great gun to go with it. It's at least worth that for the inseam. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it it true, Scott? You pay extra for that? Yeah. (laughs) I pay extra for everything at Modern Arms. (laughs) Never ask for the banker. I have to pay 10% over the retail price for Superbelt at Modern Arms. (laughs) You're the only one that pays the cover charge, too. (laughs) Well, you know, you have to admire. You have to admire Larry, who's taking a page out of the Democrats' book by redistributing the money that Scott pays <laughs> yeah. to give us all a better deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, they're they're doing that now with your credit score. Yeah, <laughs> oh redistributing your credit score—unbelievable. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw this out there quickly: if, uh, if you've got a really good credit score, you will now pay more to buy a house, yep. uh, so that people who have a really poor credit score can afford to buy the house. Living on your money. Redistribute everything. Socialism sucks. Yes. (laughs) Uh, By the way, those of you who are concealed carry permit holders and uh, looking for perhaps a job, the Internal Revenue Service, they want want to hire people in every state to carry a gun. Mm. Uh, They're looking to hire special agents who carry guns and make arrests with jobs available in all 50 states. So if you're currently unemployed... And you don't mind seizing other people's property? You might want to apply. I, uh, I'll I, pass. Uh, I'll, I'll pass on that. Thanks. Yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, not going to do I'm that. I'm good. That's yeah, fine. Thanks. thanks anyway. Yeah. I keep uh, thinking. See, I feel like that's the wrong approach. I feel like we should all take these jobs <laughs> and then just not do anything. <laughs> oh, like, oh okay. wouldn't that be like, better? Yeah, like, like a lot of the federal government. Like just, a lot of the federal government. Not, yeah, not we will take salaries. There's and, a precedent yeah. within the government yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For not doing anything <laughs> and just taking the salary. Yeah, and then basically doing whatever you want. Exactly. Make up your own rules. See? So once they hire me, I could make up my own rules, uh, like like the department does. Yeah. It takes a long time to fire you, buddy. Yep. Huh. Exactly. We're going to need you to go seize these. I'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do some research. That's right. Where is that now? The Google Maps on my phone is out. Eh? <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should work for the uh, BATF. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be terrific. Um, I don't know. Just an idea. I just thought I would uh, throw that out there. <laughs> uh, private gun sales for beginners. Uh, another story by Randy Tulane. We'll we'll cover that in the next hour, and then we've got show and tell, uh, which is apparently uh, causing a problem for Van Kirk because the <laughs> firearms that are in here are fabulous, but then he gets his own special discount, which makes them even <laughs> less affordable for him. <laughs> we'll cover it all on Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Scott Van Kirk is in along with uh, Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And uh, Beltboy, the superbelt.com. Not at the Brown Station. Wait, he is at the well, Brown I Station. I am there, too. Yes. 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 With brown belts. Yes. Ask for the, uh, ask for the inseam check. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> for just a few dollars more. <laughs>
Um, Some advice here, uh, and I will tell you in advance uh, that the secret is to go straight to the police station, uh, call 911. But let me tell you the story. Uh, My wife called me up, and she's in a panic. She's driving home from work. She's by herself, and there is somebody following her. I mean tailgating her. And she's getting closer to home. She starts weaving up and down side streets to make absolutely sure that she's being followed. So she calls me, uh, and uh, she's going to head down the street, and I'm furious. So I put down everything in in the house, and I run outside. And as she drives by, this guy starts to pull right up behind her. I take a photograph of his vehicle and license plate, and he stops. And he said, and she's a reckless driver. I was, I cannot begin to tell you how angry I was. The thought that some SOB would follow a woman who's alone in a vehicle and terrorize her like that up and down side streets, um, I wanted to kill him. But uh, I called 911 instead. I kept my distance. I had my firearm with me. I didn't flash it or show it or even let him know. He, to this day, doesn't know. But if you're driving down the street and you realize that you're being followed, and I don't care if you're a woman alone in a vehicle or you're a guy, call 911. Tell them where you're at. Tell them what's going on. And keep moving. Uh, and if you can, move closer to the police station. If you know where it's at, drive in that direction. Uh, but I'll uh, go around the table here. I'll start with Scott, who has the most experience with this kind of thing. Uh, Being first- a stalker himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. What why, on, why do you think oh, he left Wisconsin? Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. What works oh. on me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah. Oh, so, Scott? Your best advice? Well, um, depends on how deep a dive you want. My best advice is this, like many other situations that have a more likely occurrence than a less likely occurrence, meaning that there, it's not that it's likely to happen to you, but it's more likely than a lot of other things are to happen to you, mm-hmm. is one, to have a pregame. You have a plan ahead of time as if this happens, these are the things that I need to think about, mm-hmm. and these are the things that I need to do. And those things would include... Um, if you're being followed to call the police and leave the line open and <clears throat> ask for a recommendation from them based on where you are as to where they want you to go. Um, if you don't have that, your two best p- places that I would recommend that you drive to, uh, your house is not on any of them, No, um, would be the police station, local, local precinct, um, or a lot of people don't think about this one, the fire department. Because they're usually there. They're usually there unless yeah. they're out at a fire. And yeah. they're rarely out at a fire. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> God bless the firefighters. But they're usually at the station. Um, and the reason I say the fire department, because um, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, go to a place that's a public area. You can't count on anyone helping you yeah. in a public, in a public, public, area. Area. Yeah. public area. But no. if you think about the mentality of the firefighter, yep. They are individuals who run into burning buildings to save people's lives. They are what we refer to as high responders. They're not likely to allow something like this to be occurring in front of them and not to act in some way. They're also, you know, 
they also are authority figures, mm-hmm. which may scare off the individual and things like that. And they oftentimes have video to right. be able to, right. to help, help you with your, your yep. case if, yep. you know, if it comes Ma- to that. Many times they're in really good shape. At least the guys in the calendars are. <laughs> <laughs> you keep buying oh, those <laughs> and uh, they have they have axes yeah. <laughs> and falls all and things like that. So so those are my recommendations in general. Yeah. The last thing I would recommend is going home. Yeah. Whether you are going home because your husband is there yeah. or you're going home to your home alone or whatever the case may be, because now they know where yeah. you live. Right. And people are psycho. And you don't want psychos knowing where you live. So that is exactly right. Yeah. Uh, call the call nine one one. Let them know what's going on. They'll yeah. usually they'll give you directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to bring them to your house. Uh, this you don't situation. even want to bring them to your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the time she realized what was going on, she was she was here. Um, but law enforcement did show up. Uh, called nine one one. Two police officers and they. They shooed him away, uh, and they are now patrolling the house on a more regular basis because of his uh, insanity. But if you are driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, you think they're reckless, maybe you think they're intoxicated, do not follow them. Mm. Get their license number, call 911, and say, here's the make and model of the car, or here's the license plate, here's where they are. Do not follow them. That just it, it, well, I, it, it it's not a good de-escalation technique. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we always talk about those, don't we? The yeah. de-escalation. Yeah, de-escalate. Following, not on the list. Yeah, de-escalate. Uh, but that is insane to follow somebody. Yeah, and I I I got to tell you, uh, it it was it rattled it rattled her cage. It rattled mine, uh, and it's one of those things where you think about after the incident. What could we have done better? And this goes to Scott's uh, argument. Plan this in advance. So right now, if you're listening to me, do that. Mm. Figure out what you'll do. Because there are a lot of crazy people on the road. There are road rage stories. You hear it all the time. Well, and and I'll I'll add this, too. and, And this is from the perspective of the individual that followed. Don't be that guy. Yeah. You have got to be the most zen individual making your way through this world that exists. If someone, if you think someone cuts you off, but you did not make contact with their vehicle, hey, got lucky. You can My, wave with your whole hand. Yeah, yeah. hey, and have it's a good all one. good. Yeah, hey, we, we all, it's all good. We made it through. Yeah. None of this is worth my life. None mm-hmm. of this is worth your life. You have a nice day. I, if I have to turn off because they're all road raging and I got and I'm the one behind them because I'm the one that got cut off and I just give them the wave and they're still all the, kind the, of, the whole hand wave the whole oh, hand yeah, wave yeah. Yeah. All five and they're fingers. and they're and they're playing brake check and yeah, all that no, stuff. No. Hey, guess what? I'm just going to take I'm the next. I'm going to take the next exit. I'm going to them go down yeah. the road and I'm mm. taking the next exit. Yeah, not my not my circus, off. not my monkeys. Right, I'm going to stop um, off at Scooters and get me a caramel delight and, <laughs> or, and then get on my way home. You got to be you got to be Zen A people. Yeah. You have to be. Just let it go. <laughs> let it's it go. Okay. Like Elsa says in, in Frozen, let yeah. it go, baby. Let it go. <laughs> you would have thought the guy with three small daughters at home would have said that. But no, it was Scott. <laughs> let us not forget he has all those firefighter calendars <laughs> back in 1972. 
He can tell oh. you what, what day Christmas fell on in 1963. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so it, it really it is insane to follow some, especially a woman. I mean, that's even crazier. But no matter who, it's crazy to follow them. Uh, call 911 if you think they've done something wrong. Give the license number and then go on home. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, if you uh, if you encounter this, call 911. Let them know what's going on. They'll give you directions. Uh, but but uh, try not to lead them to your home. Yep. Uh, best advice. Anyway, all right, let's move on because um, there's an argument out there that if you're selling a, a private firearms, privately selling your firearm, that it, it there are people who want to make it illegal. They say only criminals buy their firearms from private sales, which we all know is nonsense. Uh, I mean, it may happen, but more than likely, criminals are getting their guns because you've reckless. Somebody has recklessly left their firearm uh, available for theft because uh, that's that's how they get most of their guns. Mm -hmm. But um, Larry, if I can, I'm going to hit a, a commercial break here. But when I come back, perhaps you could give some people some tips on what to do if they want to sell privately their firearm. So they can get enough money to come in to Modern Arms. <laughs> At the Brown Station location. <laughs> and buy something new. Yeah. I'm Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Ellis Bennis is with us. Uh, the Superbelt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry. Scott lost his microphone. <laughs> They swing a long oh, way. Oh, yeah, really do. <laughs> Scott really, started to talk really. and he's looking around. Can't find the microphone anywhere. <laughs> oh, really embarrassing. Well, welcome. We're good at this, guys. We're really we're good at really this. Really good at this. So, so should I should I ask, Larry? Um, go ahead. No, well, this came up well, during the break. Yeah, we were wondering. Gary. I was wondering, Gary, that when you stepped out to defend your defend Gwen um, during this entire road rage incident, were you wearing a pink polo shirt and have an unloaded AR-15? <laughs> 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 McCloskey? Yeah. Uh, no. He went, Smart. He, he yeah. went full McCloskey. Okay. There we go. Don't <laughs> he go. Said, he said nobody showed. Yeah. Nobody showed. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't go full don't, McCloskey. Don't, don't go, go full, full McCloskey. McCloskey. So oh. um, we're, we're talking about... Uh, private, private sales of firearms. Uh, private sales of firearms. You'd and ask me... I just, yeah. Can't let me. One of us has to host the show. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind. I'd like I'll, to let you do, I'll let you do it, Gary. You're doing a great job. Thank Whose you. turn is it? You're today? doing a great <laughs> job. Uh, so I started off saying Ellis Bennis is with us, uh, thesuperbelt.com. Uh, Scott Van Kirk is on board, uh, sometime co host, sometime guest host, and a Second Amendment supporter, firearms trainer. And Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. So i got to get through that whole thing before you can <laughs> jump into this. We need station call letters, too. Yeah. Or... <laughs> uh, uh. All right, so if somebody wants to sell their phone, and it, it, look, you, you, you maybe you bought something and uh, you, you thought you wanted it and you shot it a while and you didn't like it or it's time to rotate something, it happens. Yeah. Uh, and you want to sell your firearm. Give some tips. Okay, so there's there's a lot of, of good ways to do that. In Missouri, um, and uh, there, there's no regulation that prevents you from just selling it to another law-abiding individual. So you do not have to go through an FFL transfer to sell? Correct. Okay. Not in Missouri. It's not okay. required uh, by, by state or, or, or federal statutes. Um, so you can legally sell your firearm to other law-abiding citizens. Right. You can't knowingly sell it to somebody who couldn't buy a gun otherwise. Mm. That would be a, a, a violation. 
But, um, yeah, you can sell it to your family or friends, you know, certainly the, the people you know at work, you know, that you'd like to sell to, sell it. That's not a thing. Um, you know, many of the local gun dealers do buy guns also. We, we love to buy guns. We, we buy guns outright, and we also trade. Um, one of the scenarios that comes up is somebody, you know, has offered out their gun to the individuals that they know, and somebody says, well, I don't want it, but my ex-plumber-in-law would like to have it. Well, I don't know who this other individual is. Right. You know, in that case, we can do a private party transfer through a background check at Modern Arms, and, and any other dealer can, can offer that service. Um, it's just called a, a private party transfer, and we can do a background check on the buyer. In at, at our store, we do charge $25 to get involved at that level, but that gets you a paper trail as to what happened, and um, the, back, the background check gets done on the buyer. If it's somebody that you didn't know that gets introduced as a buyer that you would like to sell to, you know, we, we can still facilitate that, and many, you know, most, most every dealer can. Uh, they certainly have the option to offer that service. So that, that's a couple ways, but, um, you know, there's a, um, you can't put it on Craigslist. That, that's pretty right. much prohibited. Can't put it on Facebook. Can't put it yeah. on Facebook. Uh, you can put the box on Facebook yeah. at $1,000. Yeah. Arms List yeah. is, a, is a place, is a, a internet marketplace where you can go and advertise your, your mm. products for sale mm. uh, as, as private private individuals. So that's... that's. It, I've got a question for some if you ways. bought something where they registered that firearm to you. Like if you go to... Where did you buy or, it? Uh, that's, that was my question. Okay. I know there's some places that do this, right? <laughs> we talked about Brady ID before. Something well, like that. If, if you do a private party transfer, then wherever it was registered, you bought that firearm, doesn't it still show that you own it if you don't do a you, private party transfer? You, like you use the word register, which... Right which we don't have. Right. So when you buy that gun, it certainly feels a lot like a registration process right. because you're filling out a multi-page form, answering right. your qualifying questions. The make, model, and serial number are listed on the form. The dealer then seeks approval through the NICS Operations Center to get a proceed right. and, and move that, that firearm into your ownership. The dealer's compelled to maintain records, but the make, model, and serial number that are on that form aren't sent to a federal database. Oh, okay. The 1968 Gun Control Act actually makes a federal registration illegal. Wonderful. Many states, not Missouri, do have some level of registration um, where that make, model, and serial number gets transmitted to the government, but Missouri does not have that, and uh, we look to uh, keep it that way. Okay. So yeah. if I buy a firearm from Modern Arms, mm -hmm. and then I sell it to a friend of mine, yeah. God forbid or, if they're or me. Or, or Scott, yeah. No, no, I, I, yeah, he's my friend or Scott. Yeah. So, so if, if, God forbid, that gun gets stolen or they do something wrong with that firearm, mm -hmm. that cannot come back on me, even if I don't do a private party like FFL transfer. Well, it it will. It yeah. could. Okay. So if a, if a firearm's discovered, right. they, and, the, and the serial number's intact, they... Initiated they, ATF they trace. They initiate a trace. Right. Well, and that will go to the last place it was listed as as stolen. Right. If you reported it stolen, that'll right. be the, the most recent record on that. Right. And they'll they'll go to that record and 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 start their trace. Sure. Uh, if it, if there's no record of lost or stolen, um, then they'll go to the manufacturer, right. distributor, dealer, and that's when we get that specific request for right. trace. And we've had that happen. Right. It, it happens probably on a monthly basis. Okay. Um, the FBI initiates a trace. They contact us and they say, hey, hey, on this date, you got this make, model, and serial number of gun. Where did it go? Right. We go to our records, as we're compelled to keep, find the record, and transmit that right. specific 
request, but not a bulk transmit of our of yeah. our data. And I, so, I brought that up specifically to say, to best protect yourself, I would always go. I've never sold a firearm well, just person to person. I, I like if, going to modern arms. If you did a private party sale, at least create a paper trail. Paper trail, right. 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 A, a handwritten bill of sale that both right. of you sign would give you a place. Sure. When that trace happens, you go, let me check my records. Yeah. Nope, I sold that to Scott Van Kirk on this <laughs> date. And yeah. now you've got some place to point. Perfect. Right. Uh, and that's what you want to have. Go to, go <laughs> yeah. You want to be able to say, go talk to that yeah. guy. Yeah. All of my guns say they've been sold to Scott Van Kirk. Which won't really fly because I, I tend to buy better guns. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a little more. Yeah, yeah. You know, he gets that Scott Van Kirk. People, just, people showing up at my house like, do you got this uh, charter arms? And I'm like, charter what? <laughs> Never. Um, oh. an another thing uh, I did want to mention, there is a, a gun show going on today at the Elks Lodge. Uh, I saw oh, cool. the sign on the yeah. way in, yeah. So it, awesome. it's running uh, today through doo -doo -doo -doo, uh, Saturday 8 to 4. Uh, $5 general admission to get in. It looks like they have about 80 tables. So I nice. that's another great place to go and shop for or sell firearms. Uh, I've got a, I've got a question about Brown modern arms. Brown Station location. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, what could I get for, say, $10... Uh, that would be a better deal at 25 Well, you know, why pay retail, Gary? That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a rifle raffle going on. Rifle raffle. Oh. Rifle raffle. Rifle raffle. Even if you don't play, it's fun to say. Rifle <laughs> raffle. It's the 28th annual Columbia Police Officers Association golf tournament and gun raffle. Uh, we are giving away a Springfield Saint uh, AR-15. And a Glock 43X MOS with a shield optic installed. Wow. $709 value. Dang. <clears throat> Tickets are $10 a piece. I remember not winning this last year. Yeah. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can get <laughs> And that's that's how it works. Uh, most of these tickets are not winners. Yep. We're going to sell a maximum of 500 all, all tickets. All of the ones that I buy. Yeah. <laughs> tickets Which, are $10 way, a piece, 3 for 25 <laughs> And the drawing's going to be on the uh, golf tournament uh, is June 26th. That's the day they'll draw the ticket. Two different tickets will win. The first ticket gets its choice first ticket out gets to choose either the Springfield Saint $1150 value mm. or the Glock 43 MOS um seven hundred dollars present value. to win no need not be present sweet the well, winner wins Scott's never really present they're still trying to find me from last year to tell me what I won <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right we got a show and tell segment coming up I'm Gary on guns